Transformation. Everybody say transformation. We've been talking about transformation until we're blue in the face over here, and we're going to wrap it up today. Everybody say amen. The end of a thing is better than its beginning, right? No, this has been an awesome series, and it's been one that I know has challenged us, has challenged me. I hope it's challenged you from what Pastor Paul has been sharing, from what Pastor Justin shared. And I hope that we can wrap this thing up today. And I want to wrap it up today by asking you one question. Why? Why? Why are we transforming? What is this thing we're talking about? We're talking about this word transformation, which sounds like one of these really super churchy, woo-woo, holier-than-thou words. And really transformation at its core, all it means is change. We're changing. We're changing from something into something else. And we're going to wrap up this series and tie a bow around it today, and I want to tell you why. What are the reasons? Why should we transform? One of the things that adults always want to know is why do I need to know what I need to know? Why do I, why do I want to know this? I've heard all this information on transformation. Didn't mean to rhyme, but it did. There you go. That was free. Why? Why do I need to, tra- why do I need to transform? What's, what's in it for me? And what is this? What's this all about? What's the point of me transforming? I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, new. Say new. Now turn to your other neighbor and say, I'm really something. You're really something. I'm telling you. Now you can take that however you want to take it. Whatever neighbor is sitting by you, you have a different correlation. There's all kinds of relationship background. So if I look at you and say, you're really something, you know, take that as you will. But you are. You're really something. You know, when, when I look around this congregation and I see the faces in this congregation that that God is using and the lives that God is using to impact other lives, it is astounding. The amount of ministry that is happening in this body every single time that we gather and more importantly, every single time that we're not all in one place at one time, the amount of ministry that happens is astounding. And it's because God is walking you through a process of transformation and you are really something. It's really amazing to see your purpose and the plan that God has for you come out and show. And you get to go through this cycle. We've been looking at this life cycle since the beginning of this series. And, you know, when we start to see ourselves get from point A to point B to point C, and we start going into what God has called us to do, it is an amazing process, and it is an energizing process. It's not the crazy cycle. It's the energizing cycle, right? It It is amazing. And when we understand that God is taking us somewhere, you know that God doesn't do stuff, just happenstance? He's not willy-nilly about the plans that he makes. God knows what's up in your life. And he is taking you to a specific place for a specific reason. It's not just happenstance. God doesn't do happenstance. He's taking us from an egg all the way to, an, to a butterfly. And he's, he's moving us somewhere. And let me tell you, you are really something. And you are really something new. God has created you. He's doing new things in you. He's doing new things in me every day if I let him. If I will let him transform me, he will. He will do it. Amen? There's a couple passages that we've been looking at all through this series. And we've read this one almost every single time as a body. Every, everybody that's spoken has used this scripture. Pastor Paul said it a couple times. Pastor Justin said it. And if you didn't catch it those first two times, I'm going to read it one more time for you because this is a really important scripture. Are you ready? Are you really ready? Are you really, really ready? Okay, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your 
then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his pleasing, good, pleasing, and perfect will. Mind blown. That scripture right there, we could camp out for 18 weeks on, but we're not going to do that. Don't worry. We're going we're gonna to look one more time, though. The opposite of transformation is conforming. And I want you to think about that for a minute. Keeping things the same, looking the same, staying where you are, complacent, locked into your state where you're at now. That's conforming. But God has called us to do something different. He's called us to transform, which again, unpack, it just means change. God has called us to change. He's called us to become more like him, just a little bit more like him every single day. It's really, really cool because God's given us great examples of how to do that in his word. And we can talk about this word transform and we can talk about all this stuff, but what does it really mean? It means to change and look a little bit more like Jesus. When I wake up tomorrow, my goal is to look a little bit more like Jesus than I did the day before because Lord knows I need help doing that. I've got to look like Jesus a little bit more than I did yesterday. And I'm going to mess up and I'm not going to get it every time, but I just want to look a little bit more like Jesus every day, just a little bit. And the way that I do that is by the renewing of my mind. The way that you get transformed is by the renewing of your mind. It's about recrafting and rewriting and rewiring what's in our minds right now. How many of you guys know that when you're learning something new, it's so much easier to learn something new when you haven't already learned another way of doing it? One of my favorite things to do is to train somebody in anything that's never done it before. I love that because they don't have any preconceived notions about how it's supposed to be. They haven't figured it all out. Like there's no, there's no ego there. It's like, man, I am clueless and I don't know. But, but here's the deal. The enemy has a heyday with us and he gets in our lives and he makes us think a certain way and we start believing some junk about ourselves that's not true. And so what happens is for us to truly be transformed into what God wants us to be, we have to unlearn that stuff and relearn what God really said about us. And that is a lifelong process. You don't just get to show up and arrive one day at, oh, fantastic, my mind is ready to go. I am completely thinking godly thoughts. Check, moving on, keeping it 100 in this area. I'm going to move on to the next one. That's not how it works. We are constantly in a state of transformation. We're going to talk about that a little bit more in a minute. But if we're going to transform, we have to back up and we have to rethink the way that we think. We have to rethink and rewire what we've already decided in so many areas of our lives. Our minds have to be taken apart and rewired because we start believing false stuff about ourselves. And we start living our lives and we start making our decisions based on an untransformed mindset. We start making decisions based on some lie somebody told us or what somebody spoke over us at a very young age. And it's just all not true. So we have to rewire that stuff. And I want to tell you something neat that God really spoke to me as I was preparing is it's not just enough to lay down the old way. You know, so often um, when we're ministering to people and we're evangelizing, we're talking about laying down the old way and, and, you know, turning from your sin and moving on. It's not just, that's just the tiniest part of the puzzle. That's just the beginning. That's the tip of the iceberg. The deal is we're not just laying down the old way. We're picking up a completely new way. It's not about the no-nos and the don't do this and don't do that and quit your sinning and you need to live better and you're going to burn in hell if you don't straighten up and fly right. That's not the deal. We're talking about picking up a completely new way of thinking. 
that is surrounded in who we really are and rooted and grounded in what Jesus said about us. And you know what he said about you? He says, you're really something. Man, you're really something. What I created you to be is amazing, and you are really something. And that's the way we have to start thinking. It's not enough to stop thinking the bad things that the enemy has, has lied to us about. It's not enough to do that. We have to pick up a new way. Everybody say, pick it up. Pick it up. you got to pick up a new way. We have to pursue the commands of God and go and do. It's not just about the doing. It's not just about works. Following Christ, though, is so much greater than what we refuse. It's more about what we pursue. Following Christ is not about what we refuse. It's about what we pursue. When we decide to pursue Christ, refusing the things of the world are a piece of cake. It's not a, it's not a big deal. I say it's a piece of cake. It's, it's something you got to make a decision to do. But when, when we get out of this mindset of like, oh, gosh, I am not doing a good job, and I better say no to that because it looks sinful, and someone may judge me for it. No. Pursue Christ and know what he says about you. What do I mean pursue Christ? Learn who he is. Learn who he is. What does Jesus say about you? How did he live his life? Crack open the Bible and read for a minute and see what he says. How did he talk to people? Who did he interact with? That's how we transform. We start to look a lot more like Jesus. Why do I want to transform? Why do I want to do that? Because I want to look more like Jesus every day, just a little bit. And I want to pursue him. Real transformation takes place when something not only changes from what it was, but when it changes into the new thing. When it changes into that new thing. That's when real transformation has happened. It's not this stopping point in the middle of the process. It's when you realize what God has created you to be and you fully understand and you fully get there. And that is something that is a lifelong process. It's not enough just to get out of the old. you got to get into the new. One of, uh, at my house, we, we delegate duties. Um, we have children, so we literally delegate duties. Um, you'll get that in five minutes. But, like, we, we do different jobs. Yeah. We do different jobs, and so I have a few jobs, um, some of which I am not awesome at. And one of those jobs that I am particularly not awesome at, my wife can verify this on the front row, and if I'm lying, she'll call me out, um, is taking out the trash. Now, I know that nobody but me in this room ever struggles with taking out their trash. You never, you never let it go too long. Definitely don't let it get really gross and nasty. You always take it out immediately especially husbands, like when your wives ask you, that's even more uh, reason to take it out in a timely manner. And so I know you immediately jump on it, right? So me, on the other hand, though, I'm struggling and I'm growing closer to Jesus in this area of my life. So um, I'm not awesome at it. And we have like 1,855 kids at our house. And, and so like we generate so much trash. I'm like, where does it come from? You're one foot tall. How? And then you've got Zane who's just like destroying things in mass. And we're just piling. But we have trash at our house. It's crazy. So much trash. And so I will get home from work and I'm like, I just emptied this this morning and we have two trash cans. What is happening when I'm gone? Are we like paper macheing everything? What is going on? So. But I will let it sit sometimes for a little bit too long, maybe, maybe a little too long. And there have been times where it gets really gross. 
and we won't describe the grossness of the trash, but like trash gets gross if you let it sit there a long time. Am I right? Sounds pretty simple, but think about that for a minute. <laughs> you got to take out the funk. This is the only time I will ever encourage you to take out the funk as a drummer. I will ask you perpetually to insert the funk, all right? But I'll, here's the deal. If you are going to take out the trash, not only do you have to take out the junk that's in the trash can. That's not good enough. You don't stop right there. No, 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 not me. That's not good enough. You can't just take out the bad. What do you have to do? you got to, like, check out the trash can and see what kind of damage has been done down in the bottom. I don't know why they put ripples in the bottom of trash cans. I don't understand the people that create these things. But you have to clean this stuff out, all right, and then you've got to put a new bag in. It's not enough just to empty your trash. Oh, sweet, I emptied the trash. We're done. Good to go. Move on. That's not what you do. you got to get the junk out of there and get the trash can back into its original state. Let me tell you, it gets really spiritual when we start talking about trash cans, y'all. You gotta get you gotta get it back to its original state. Now hold on, I'm about to Jesus juke you like crazy. You gotta get rid of the mess and you gotta get back to the original state where the trash can was created. Why transform? Because we've got junk attached to us that God did not put there. We've got stuff that's attached to us that has created this, this mindset that is not our original state. We are a trash can that's got funk all over it, and we gotta get rid of it. And we don't just get rid of the junk. We got to put a new trash bag in. We got to put on a new way of thinking. We got to get back to what God has created us to be. Some of you have been going for so long in your lives where you've believed lies and you believe junk that people have spoken over you that you've been told you're worthless, you're not smart, you're not strong, you're too fat, you're too skinny, you're too big, you're too small. It doesn't matter. You've been spoken over and you started to let junk get attached to you and you think that if you just maybe take out the trash bag, that's enough. But no. We have to transform and become who God has called us to be. Let me ask you a question. When you walk down the new trash can aisle at Walmart or at Lowe's, does it stink? No. You got a bunch of pretty, shiny, beautiful trash cans sitting there just waiting to be used and waiting to fulfill a purpose in their life. And there's no junk attached to them. But some of us have walked around in life thinking that we were put in the store already dirty. And it's not true. You are a treasure, and God has gifted you with specific abilities and specific gifts that are to be used for his kingdom. And all you have to do is stop believing the junk that's been attached to you and get back to that original state that God has created you in. No matter what somebody has spoken over you, it's not true. What God says about you is true. The way that you transform is by the renewing of your mind, getting back to the original state of what God has really created you to be. So when we're transforming, we're really, just, we're really just doing what God made us to do. We're really just getting where God originally designed us to go. But what happens is, what had happened was, the enemy gets us messed up along the way. Woo! I love that my father doesn't give up on me, and he doesn't think I'm a trash can that smells terrible, and he doesn't associate me with all of my junk. But he offers a way for me to become clean and to fulfill the purpose that I was designed to do. Can I, can I share this too? This is free. God, no matter how much junk is around you, can still use you phenomenally. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. You get to make a choice to transform into the image of Christ no matter what your circumstance is. And I'm going to tell you, I know, I, I know 
Some of you guys are in situations that feel 100% hopeless. You're surrounded by so much junk that you don't know if you're ever going to get back to the spot that God has called you to be in. You don't know that you're ever going to live a life where you can stop thinking about all the mess that's surrounding you. But I'm telling you right now, you can. I am living proof that God doesn't give up on people with junk attached to him. He doesn't do it. He's not a giving up kind of God. He's a God that says, you know what, transform. I'm here to walk through it. You know what, I'm going to do the work for you. Pastor Justin mentioned it a couple weeks ago. I've already done the work. I've already done what, what needs to happen. All the chemical processes, everything that's going on has already been done. I paved the way. You just got to rethink. You got to rewire the way that you're thinking. Amen? Why transform? Why transform? Because you have a purpose, and it's greater than the mess that you've walked through. You are not a failure. You're not junk. You're not a nobody. You have a destiny. You have a calling. And you're going to realize it if you transform the way that you think. So we saw from that passage, Romans 12, 1 and 2, that we got to transform the way that we think. We gotta, and it begins in the mind. So how do I transform my mind? It's just like any relationship, guys. When we're going to build a relationship with somebody, what do you do? You spend what with them? Time. You spend time with them. Relationships don't get built unless you spend time. There is no shortcut. There is no Pasco and collect $200. You have to spend time with people to develop relationships with people. If you don't, you don't have a foundation and the thing falls apart. So how do I transform my mind? How do I know what God is thinking? I spend time with God. You, you hear pastors get up all the time, and we do it all the time. We say these phrases, get in the word and be in prayer and read your Bible. And all these things, these, these phrases that we say, all this means is, hey, get to know God. Just just. Just spend some time with him. Just hang out with God just for a minute or two. Start somewhere. Doesn't have to be this big. Like, you don't have to go to seminary, I promise. Like, just hang out with God. Read the Bible. That's his word. He's given us a roadmap as to how we can live our lives. This sounds so elementary and like, oh, why are you preaching on this? Because it's so important because I know people who have been Christians for 45 years and they still don't know their Savior. They still think God's mad at them or they still think God is after them, or they think he's like a bearded Zeus guy about to strike him with lightning. That's not who he is. God wants to know you. He's given you a way to get to know him. So just spend some time with him. That's all it is, is transforming your mind, is spending time with him in his word. Colossians 3.16, check this out. This is a really cool scripture. I love this scripture. I really love this scripture. Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. As you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. We do a little bit of that around here. <laughs> I like it. But here's what I love. I love this. God's word is so cool, and I understand that this is one translation, but this, this is cool. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Mm. Think about some fudge right now. Can I get an amen? Mm. I want you to think about some chocolate fudge. And I want you to think about some peanut butter fudge. And I want you to think about that time where you had some kind of dessert. You know those things at Ralph that you get? I don't even know what they are. It's like a mountain of things with chocolate and chocolate in it. I don't know. what Eclairs? I don't know what it's called. Whatever. Anyway, no one can finish it. I, I remember sitting down and eating one of these things one time. It was so rich that it affected my entire being. Like, I almost passed out, and I almost drank their coffee. Almost. It was scary. 
I'm telling you, it was so rich that I had to change. I had to change what I was doing. I was like, my kids were sitting beside me. I'm like, I love you. I'll see you later. I'll see you when we all get to heaven. All right, what a day of rejoicing that will be. But I'm telling you, guys, when something gets in your life and it's so rich, it cannot help but affect the rest of your life. Let the word of, of, let the word of Christ, which is the word that has actually spoken over you that actually matters in your life, let that dwell in you richly. Because when you let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, I'm sorry, people get affected. And your life gets changed. And you really get transformed. When you know what God says about you, no one can shut you up. And I love it. I'm a little excited. I'm telling you, it's so cool. When something is very, very rich, it affects every part of you. Every, every one of your senses is affected. And that's what the word of Christ can do in us. It's so good that it's too much to handle. Lord, let, let your word dwell in me so much that I can't even handle it. I can't even, even. Oh, it's so good. Let your word dwell in me, Lord. That's, that's how we get to know him. When the word of Christ dwells in us, it transform us, transforms us. And then at the end of that, it's like, you know what? Don't leave it there. When you get the word of Christ in you, teach and admonish one another. In other words, build each other up. Encourage each other. Tell them what God's doing in you. Say, man, you know what? There was this time in my life where I thought my life was over, and I thought that there was nothing I could do, and I thought I'd failed so badly. But you know what happened is I, I learned what God said about me, and now my life is not a failure. I realize I have purpose. Let me tell you about it. That's what teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom is. It, with all wisdom doesn't mean you know everything. Sometimes wisdom, sometimes wisdom comes from experience and what God has done in you, not what you've heard externally. Right? That's what happens. The word of Christ gets in you, and that's when you start to transform. Whew, it's awesome. I'm about to Ric Flair up here. When your mind, yeah, there we go, nature boy. When your mind is like Christ Jesus, you begin to think like Jesus. Check this verse out, Philippians 2, 5 through 8. Let this mind be in you. Say me. It's in you. Which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. When we get transformed, it affects everything around us. The work that Jesus did on the cross affected everything that happened afterwards. Why do we transform? Because not only our lives depend on it, but other people around us have an opportunity to see who Jesus really is and the work that he really did. If we have the mind of Christ, if the mind is in us that is also in Christ Jesus, which his word says it, so I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably true, then we get to be a transformative agent for everybody else. You don't just get to transform. Why? You, why do you transform? Not just for yourself, but for everybody else. Amen. It's for somebody else, too. It's not just for you. All this stuff that you guys walk through in your lives, I know I can say this for me and my wife, like all of the, the worst stuff we ever walk through, God uses that stuff on almost a daily basis for us to run into somebody and say, uh-uh, but Jesus. Transformation allows us to say, but Jesus, to everybody in our lives, no matter what they walk up to us with, no matter what weight they're carrying, uh-uh, but Jesus. Yeah, well, my marriage is failing, uh-uh, but Jesus. My marriage should be completely in shambles, uh-uh, but Jesus. 
When we transform and we understand what Jesus has done in us and we understand who he really is, we get to say, but Jesus, a lot. The mind is in us that is in Christ Jesus. You no longer become focused on the things you used to be focused on. You no longer worry about all this little stuff in your life. How many of you guys, don't, don't raise your hands, but how many of you guys sit around worrying about stuff all the time and you just feel like there is an elephant on your shoulders all the time? And if you don't have anything to worry about, you're worried about not having anything to worry about. You don't have to live like that. Transform your mind. Know what Jesus says about you. Know that he's got this in the bag for you. He's already done it. Why transform? Because you have better things to think about than the things you have been thinking about. Next passage I want us to take a look at. It's in Ephesians. This is a great one. We're almost done. The train is coming into the station, I promise. A little bit. It's only going to be like two more hours. In this passage, you think I'm kidding. In this passage, the Apostle Paul is writing to Christians at the church in Ephesus. And he's encouraging them um, how, how to live. Because they've kind of taken on this like, well, quit your sinning, quit your sinning thing. And he's, he's having a chat with them. Here's the deal. In the Lord's name, I tell you this, do not continue living like those who do not believe. Their thoughts are worth nothing. They do not understand. And they do not, wait, they do not understand and they know nothing because they refuse to listen. So they cannot have the life that God gives Check this out. They could have it, but all that other stuff is happening. So they cannot have the life that God gives. They've lost all feeling of shame, and they use their lives for doing evil. They continually want to do all kinds of evil. Well, bless God, amen. You just, I tell you what, right now, you tell them people to straighten up and fly right, Paul. I'm telling you, Apostle Paul, you nailed it on that one, buddy. All them sinners in Ephesus, I tell you. It's not done. We're not done yet. Does this this sound familiar to you guys? You know, you ever see this kind of thing around you every day? And then, like, we want to get on Facebook and have our rant. (laughs) The world's so bad. The world was bad before. The world was awful. It's bad. Yep, you're right. Check. But, you know, check this out. Here we go. He ain't done yet. He didn't stop there. But what you learned in Christ was not like this. I know that you've heard about him. I know you, you know a little bit about who he is, and you are in him. So you were taught with the truth that is in Jesus. Truth is in him. When you transform and you start to think like him, why do I transform? Because I get to start thinking differently. And I get to stop worrying about all that other mess in my life. You were taught to leave your old self, to stop living the evil way you lived before. That old self becomes worse because people are fooled by the evil things they want to do. But you were taught to be made new in your hearts, to become a new person. That new person is made to be like God, made to be truly good and holy. Now, real quick, that word made is not future tense. It's not I'm being made into something holy and eventually I will work hard enough and strive hard enough and then God is going to make me holy. No, 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 no. That new person is already made to be truly good and holy. You're already a clean trash can ready to fulfill your purpose. Whoo, that's awesome. 
Which side of the fence do you find yourself on? You know, I want to take a look at the decisions and choices. Like, how am I thinking? I want to stop thinking about the old self and start thinking about what God actually intended for me to do in life. And to start actually thinking about the difference that I can make in the lives of people around me. And I don't have to preach at them. A transformed life doesn't look like becoming a pastor and entering full-time ministry. It looks like just being there and having a relationship with people and being there at the right moment when the Holy Spirit says, Hey, this. Say this to them. Do this for them. Go buy somebody some groceries. Whatever. That's what a transformed life looks like. That's not the old way of thinking. The old way of thinking wouldn't do that stuff. Why? Why do I transform? Because I get to do something new and exciting every single time that my feet hit the floor in the morning. And that makes me excited. God didn't show up. He didn't send Jesus so that we could walk through life and muddle through some mundane existence that is no fun at all. Nope. My God loves to have fun. And my God loves to see people put in the spots that fulfill their destiny. That's who my God is. He loves to see transformed people doing what they're called to do. Transformation's got to take place in your mind. You don't have to live like that anymore. Why else should we transform? I told you earlier, it's not all about you. It's not all about me. When we choose to transform, it cannot help but have an effect on everyone around us. You're not transforming just for your sake. You're transforming for the future of your spouse and your kids and your coworkers and your best friends. and your fam- I mean, go down the line. When you transform, there is a domino effect that happens. And here's the cool thing. Transformation is not an obligation. It's an opportunity. It's an opportunity. We don't have to transform. Oh, I guess I have to get up and transform this morning. No. You get to transform into what God is calling you to do every day of your life from now until kingdom come. till we're six feet under, buddy, we are in a process of transformation. Why else? Why else should we transform? Because transforming literally brings heaven to earth. That's why we transform. Transforming literally brings heaven to earth. When we choose to transform, the ability to communicate Christ to hurting people around us magnifies. What did Jesus, just think about it, like dumb this down, don't overthink the gospel. What did Jesus do when he came to earth? He went around doing what? What? Healing the, yeah, and restoring people. That, that, heaven came to earth and stuff happened. Why do we transform? Because heaven gets to come to earth and stuff starts happening. Practical stuff. Not just colloquialisms, not like, oh, it'd be cool if this happened. No. When heaven comes to earth, you can't deny that heaven is around you. And some of you have had those God moments in your life where he has touched you and you have realized, you know what, that was God. Heaven just came to earth and it saved me. It, it, it miraculously healed me, restored a relationship, whatever. Heaven came to earth. That's why we transform. We bring heaven to earth. We are change agents that get to bring heaven to earth. When Jesus was teaching us how to pray, what did he say? On earth as it is in. He didn't just say that because Jesus wanted to fill some stage time. He told us when we pray, that's one of the things that we need to make sure that we ask for. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, does that mean after, like, after we leave this earth? Right now, on earth as it is in heaven. That's what Jesus told us to pray. I want to ask you a question. When is the last time that you prayed? When is the last time that I prayed and I really expected heaven to show up on earth? 
when is the last time that I really extended my faith and I thought, I'm going to pray for this. Man, this is big, but I'm going to ask God to show up right here, and I want to see heaven on earth. I want to see the people around me affected by what God is doing in my life because it's not important what I do. It's important what God does through me. Heaven gets to come to earth. Do we actually think he's going to work out that relationship issue? Do we actually think he's going to step in and help us out in our time of need? Do we really believe we can see heaven on earth? Think about that. Chew on that. An hour on Sunday morning is not enough time to sort that out. Think about that this week. God, do I really believe that I, do I really want to see heaven on earth and do I really believe it can happen? Heaven coming to earth is a transformative process. From now until Jesus comes back, I desire every day to see earth look a little bit more like heaven. I don't care how bad it looks out there. My desire and my dream is to see more of heaven on earth. And you know how that happens? This room right here. That's how it happens. You guys are the change agents that see transformation come to earth. So why do we choose to transform? We choose to transform because we want to be part of seeing heaven come to earth. Heaven is coming to earth at some point. I want to be part of it. I want to be on the boat when that happens. Last thing I'm going to leave you with is this. It's very important. I want you to think about this. As we're wrapping up a series and we get done with these things, we go through these series, we're like, okay, cool, we're going to move on to the next thing and start thinking about something else. No, 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 no. That's not what we're after. I want you to chew on this for a while. This transformation thing is not a one and done. It's not a series and then we move on to the next thing. Transformation is a lifelong. Transformation is not just a project. It is a process. Everybody say it's a process. It's not just a destination. It's a journey. It's not just a cute analogy that we came up with so that we could fill up some preaching time every single Sunday for the last few weeks. This is a big deal. It's a project and it's ongoing. It's not something we can accomplish on our own. We are hardwired to transform because God made us that way. He set the process in motion, and now we've got to get on board. It's not something we can do in our own power. And I want to say this, too. I think some of us have stopped trying to to transform because we think we've started succeeding. We've stopped trying because we've started succeeding. We see a little success in one area of our life, and we're like, sweet, moving on. I'm good. I've arrived. And you guys know what I say. I've said it a trillion times. The moment that you think you've arrived, you have instantly not arrived. The moment you think that you've got it all together, you instantly don't have it all together. You will never, ever, 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 ever arrive at the end of this transformative process. It's something that God is doing in us all of the time. Don't stop trying because you started succeeding in your mind. That's what the Pharisees did. Jesus came to them, right in front of them, and they're like, no, no, we're good. We already know everything. Don't ever get to that point where you stop trying to transform because you start succeeding in your mind. And then some of us have stopped transforming because we've started failing. Don't stop. Don't give up. Just because you hit a bump in the road does not mean it's time to stop transforming. You pick yourself up. The righteous fall, and they're picked back up. That's who you are. You've been made righteous by what Christ did in you. Don't stop trying because you've started failing. Try harder <laughs> when, you stop, when you start failing. It's, and again, we don't have to do the try. We just have to know what we already are. Stop quitting because transformation isn't a project. It's a process. When we transform, we grow and we gain strength. God didn't just tell us to transform either. This is really cool. So how do I do this? You know, we're, we're quitting the series. We're moving on. Cool. How do I transform when I go to work tomorrow? 
I told you earlier, start somewhere. Start, start with the small stuff. Like, pick, pick a thing. Pick a thing. Hey, I'm going to do my best to chat with God for five minutes today. Awesome. Fantastic. That's wonderful. Build relationship with him. Break open hit the word. You don't have to literally even use your Bible. <gasps> you can use your iPhone even. I know, shocker. I probably won't be preaching again for another five, five years after saying something like that. Nobody's using a droid, so I won't even address that. So anyway, so anyway, all right, so a little bit more like Jesus every day. That's what transformation is. I'm turning into something new, or really I'm realizing what God has already made me to be. Start somewhere. Start somewhere. Start small. Pick a verse. Read a verse. You don't have to go crazy. Just find something to draw you closer to what God has called you to be. God sent Jesus so that he could bring heaven to earth. He gave us a great example of how to transform, how to look more like heaven. God did a great thing when he sent Jesus. And God is sending you, and he's calling you to do the same thing in your family and in your workplace, at your school, students. Wherever you find yourself, God is calling you to transform this so you can bring heaven to earth. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.